Looking for a great new thriller? Check out Conundrum Publishing. We publish books that make you think. From mind-bending thrillers to heart-wrenching dramatic action-adventure novels, our books will keep you up all night, turning the pages eager to find out what happens next. So, what are you waiting for? Head over to conundrumpub.com str for three totally free thrillers. You won't be disappointed. Again, three full-length action thrillers totally free at conundrumpub.com str. somehow ended up listening to the stuff that's real that you didn't know was real but also is cool podcast or sturdy dick were bayek or uh never mind that's right ladies and germs you are listening to the stuff that's real that you didn't know was real but also is cool podcast and Kevin Tomlinson, I did not even have to read that off of my computer I, screen. I'm st- I, I'm still parsing what you said. I'm still I said a lot of words very fast. A whole bunch of words jammed together, and I don't have the benefit like the listeners of hearing the intro um, the, uh, of each episode. We should just play. I used to do this with the Wordslinger podcast. Just play the intro before I started, so that I was. Well, in. it's the same every time. It's just some guy going, "You're listening to the stuff that's I, that, real." That's, I know it's the same. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's about setting the tone. Oh, you, you just mean? gotta imagine it, man. You just gotta. Yeah. You should have been imagining it before I, I pressed record. I exactly thirty-seven enough. seconds before I pressed the record button. You should have known and just started singing it in your head. <laughs> oh man, we need to load that up and just play it right before. We'll cue we it up. We'll cue it up for Kevin. Apparently, he needs that. Well, <sighs> uh, anyway, Kevin, the Kevin Tomlinson story. Regardless of whether whatever Kevin's doing, um, I'm going to be talking about stuff that's real today. I hope Kevin is too. I am. I've got an exciting one. I've got something fun to talk about today. I think. I I'll think this one's going to be kind of cool. Yeah, Kevin will be the judge of that. But I, I do think this will be something that's uh, that's cool. It's certainly real, um, that you didn't know was real, potentially. Some people know it's real. I think most people probably <laughs> have heard of this thing. Um, and I guess it's cool in a in a sense. Uh, and the sense it's cool to me is a um, a shock factor cool. Okay? So is that enough okay. of a little, uh, little, little preface that's, for this? That's a setup. <laughs> We're talking about Kopi Luwak. Okay, you know what that I is? knew that. I knew that's what we were talking about. I figured that's where you, I yeah, have you no idea what there. that is. No, I don't. So I, I didn't know it was called this either. But this is the poop coffee, Kevin Tomlinson. Oh yes, okay, yes, I do know about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, I, I think I first heard about it in that movie, the Morgan Freeman one, yeah. um, the Bucket List. I think uh, the yeah. the guy he's in the hospital with, the rich guy, yeah. drinks this coffee that's that's pooped out of like monkeys, you know, and it's and, a, <laughs> a cat, right? It's a sort of, well, so uh, it's like a weasel actually. Yeah. Yeah. It's like in the a- weasel AKA family. the most expensive coffee in the world. Yeah. It's up there. It's up coffee. there. It's, yeah. it's considered the most expensive. I mean, of course it depends on, on where you get it and you know, if it's mm-hmm. farmed and um, there's some Kona coffee out here. That's pretty nuts. Um, there, you know, there's all kinds of, everybody's got that. Every country's got their like insanely overpriced coffee. This certainly fits the bill. It's way up there as far as pricing. Um, I'm on yeah. the Wikipedia page, which I'll link to. Um, they had a pretty good good write up of it, and and so it's yeah, it says it's like retail price is reaching $100 US per kilogram. But unfortunately, I don't know what a kilogram is because I'm American. Um, I'm guessing that that's like a lot or or yeah. something. $100 per kilogram sounds like it should be a lot. And then um, for the that's for the farmed beans, and, and yeah. we'll talk about all this. We'll, we'll get to that. 
Um, so if you get the farmed beans, it's like a hundred bucks a, a pound. Uh, maybe is that is that ish? Is that right? Kilogram pound? No. Yeah, sure. Or is that a thousand pounds? I don't know. Um, and then uh, up to thirteen hundred dollars per kilogram for the wild collected beans. Um, and so that's what I, that's what I was going to say is um, this stuff the the Kopi Luwak. Um, it's literally pooped out <laughs> of a of a uh, of an animal called the Asian palm civet. Uh, which mm-hmm. is like a fusa. It's like a like a weasel. Um, so it's also called civet coffee. I don't know if I'm pronouncing civet right, but they, they basically they they pick these cherries, these coffee cherries, right? The beans, um, and they eat them. And as they digest them, they're fermented in their intestines. So these are like yes. fermented beans. So I have to imagine that adds something to the flavor. That the fermentation. It's like a kombucha now or something, rather yeah. than just coffee. Um, and then they poop them out. And so the idea is that this coffee is better, uh, quote unquote better, because um, the civets themselves only choose to eat certain coffee cherries. Uh, right. So they'll pick basically the best ones, the tastiest <clears throat> ones. Um, and then when they digest them, the chemicals uh, in there that, that ferment it and they alter the composition of the coffee bean itself improves the flavor. So, like most things that become uh, overcapitalized and in, in, in the realm of what rich people only want, um, these little uh, poor little uh, weasel monkeys have been kind of uh, turned into like you know farms. They've they've been forced yeah. in these battery cages like chickens, you know, and they're force fed these cherries. And so there's like, and, and it, you know, it doesn't help that these guys are from like the Indonesian islands of Sumatra, Bali, Java, where human rights is uh leaves a little to be desired and and therefore animal rights is that far behind so yeah. it's uh, these, these poor little guys are are like uh you know force fed and, and probably not treated super well and so um anyway it, it becomes a pretty expensive coffee um even the the force fed ones that are on the farms are the hundred hundred dollars per kilogram ones um and so the, the the purists out there that want the real stuff they have to go you know I don't know, uh, scratch the, the behind the ears of these little animals and, and, and coax them into pooping the coffee beans into their hands out in the wild. Uh, and so it gets expensive. I mean, they just it's find them. Expensive. Yeah. In the wild, they just, they go to their territories and, and, and just scour the ground for poop, which which is what I do every morning with my I was going to say, that's, you know, um, we, we do the same thing here <laughs> in America. But I don't think you turn it into coffee afterwards. Although you may be, what's missing, interesting out. Is, you may be missing out. What's kind of disturbing about these is when you see a photo of the, of their dung, it looks, it looks disturbingly like a payday bar. That's what it looks like to me. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I forgot about, about that. Yeah, the, the peanuts and yeah, yeah. yeah it's all kind of. That's what it, it looks is. like. It's like yeah. a, kind of a collected mash of, of peanut-shaped um, uh, chocolate. <laughs> but it is neither it peanuts like. nor chocolate. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they brew this stuff. Um, I don't know what they do to it. That's what I was trying to find out is do they like kind of spray off the poop and then <laughs> – yeah, know, I think uh, do, they, do they clean the beans first, or do they just kind of throw yeah, all they, in there. And... They clean them. They clean. They okay. clean it all up, and they have like, um, you know, those those uh, little rack things they use to pan for gold or something. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they have stuff like it. that. Yeah, it's good. Gotcha, it's gotcha. hosed down in high pressure water, and then they roast it and they grind it, and just like regular off. coffee beans. Yeah, yeah. If if you got a little bit of, you know, civet uh, dung clinging to it afterwards that is just that's bonus that's flavor that's extra that's, yeah it's yeah, extra that's authentic. i have to imagine it would be authentic uh, more authentic that way if there's some little poop flakes floating in the coffee afterwards i don't know 
I don't know, man. I you know I scroll down to the taste because that's really what everyone wonders is: does this stuff actually taste good? Yeah. Um, is it worth it? You know, and for I can tell you right now, I don't care what it tastes like. It's not worth thirteen hundred dollars per whatever gram um, for me. But I, I I must admit I'm not really a coffee snob. Um, I, uh, I I like Keurig coffee. Yeah. I just I use my little eco eco brew and I pour the beans in or the uh, grounds in there and and these are like you know Target coffee grounds. It's not anything fancy. And then once I do that, as if that wasn't enough, I uh, I go and load it load it up with. Um, um, what was the Splenda type stuff, you know, uh, not, no sugar yeah. sweetener and, uh, and creamer. And I just, I make it this, this meal. Yeah. I'm not really, uh, so, so, you know, I'd probably <laughs> get one of these cu- t- cups of coffee or whatever. And, um, and they'd be like, Hey, here's some Kopi Luwak. And I would be like, all right, great. Where's the cream and sugar? Pour it in. Yeah. Let's, let's make this taste like cream and sugar rather than coffee. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's you know, a monster. I, I know, I know, and I've, I've been told that. I was actually, I tried to get my buddy uh, from Colorado. He's he, he works at the church that, he and I worked together at the church, but before that, he um, owned a coffee roaster that's still still in town yeah. and still pumping out coffee. And so he is a coffee snob, and he he knows all this stuff. And I was just going to, I wanted to, he couldn't make it, but I wanted to ping him and see what he thought about all this. But it, it says here on Wikipedia that within the coffee industry, um, Kopi Luwak is, is widely regarded as a gimmick or novelty item. I have to imagine that's true. I mean, I, I can't imagine anything like that tasting that different, you know, because uh, it, it's not like these beans completely break down and turn into something else. It's really just kind of the outside of them that would that would change in the digestive tract. Right. Right. And but yeah, it says there's a uh, the Coffee Association of America, Specialty Coffee Association of America states that there's a general consensus within the industry. It just tastes bad. <laughs> so it's oh, not that okay. it's even even that much better. It's that people are like, no, it's literally just the gimmick of it all. Yeah, it doesn't taste right. better than regular coffee. And um, yeah, somebody... I, I had always had high hopes. What I think of when I think about the, this though is um, a couple of years, a few years ago, I saw a sort of on YouTube or something. It was like one of those. The guy was was asking people if they would try the world's most expensive coffee but he wasn't telling them oh, where it I came from. Yeah. yeah. And one woman said, well, it's not, it, it doesn't come from poop or something. Right. And he says, Oh no, no. You know? And so she drank it and then he revealed and she was so pissed. She's like, I yeah, asked you. He's a little bait and switchy. <laughs> doesn't it? <laughs> so, literally lying to her face. Yeah. I got to tell you this, this story, I'm reading a, a story on uh, national geographic about this right now. And it just breaks my heart what they do. Oh. Uh, See, I, I couldn't even get into that because I, you know, I, I, I assumed that was what was happening, but I was like, yeah, I'm not even going to try to find it because, you know, we stopped, um, we stopped doing, there was a, a, a company and I don't remember the name of it, so I'm not going to throw them under the bus anyway, but um, I, I think I got a gift card one time for like a shaving company. Yeah. Um, the whole, the beard, the brush and all that stuff. Well, these brushes that they make um, are like fox fur, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, I'm not going to even link to it, but you can go find out how they harvest these foxes. And yeah, China. I don't, I don't want to know. And it's not good. It's not. No. So I was like, you know what? I, I I'm not going to be like a, a PETA crazy, you know, weirdo, but um, I, I do think that there's, there's a lot of countries that are, are really severely um, messing up. Yeah. And it looks like the Kopi Luwak uh, stuff suffers from the same thing. These civets are sitting there in cages, essentially forced yeah. to yeah. eat coffee beans for rich people's pleasure. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's sad. Um, <laughs> yeah, on that note, want, want. <laughs> <yeah. laughs> 
it's, so, yeah. I don't know, man. Um, people so, are weird. Um, people, people are weird. But yeah, the, the, the bottom line with this thing is uh, it is real. It is something people still do. Um, I, I don't know why because it, it – I mean, I, I do know. Well, why. at this it's point, just, it's the it's the it, the virtue signaling of it, isn't it? Yeah, it's but, a, uh, look yeah, how much money at this I point. Have. You're not doing anything that's all that rare now. Back when they first discovered this stuff, it was something that people had to go out and hunt for and find. So that that was part of its value, right? That was part of what made it the world's most expensive coffee or whatever. Right, right. And it was kind of rare, but it's kind of like when they figured out how to make diamonds. You know, basically right. diamonds yeah. are worthless now, you know, so should um, be anyway, and yeah, should be, but still get charged because, because the public perception is that there's high value, right. which tells you a lot about what value actually means. Amen to that. <laughs> brother. Things yeah. are worth what exactly. people are willing to pay for them. And that's, oh my God, value. thank you. That's literally, yeah, it's not the price. Price is not value. Right. Yeah. 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 So, well, why don't you lift us up here a little bit? That right. was a little turn for the depressing. Well, why don't you make us happy? From the if you don't depths, have a happy show, then I'm just going to stop the recording <laughs> right now. From from the uh, <laughs> from the the bowels of storytelling, mm. as it were. Nice segue to the sparkling heavens above. Uh, this is a story I came across uh, in a different form, uh, but it, it's all about the Methuselah star, which is okay. uh, apparently. Uh, right now, according to science, may actually be older than the universe itself. So it is the oldest known object. Uh, so how period. does that work? <laughs> so um, that's the question because, and what's what it's doing is actually causing physicists uh, and the scientific community to have to kind of question some of the assumptions that we've made over the over the years, sure. uh, to the point of even questioning the validity of the Big Bang theory. Um, right, right. Not that's that it's just proving anything at this point, but um, if this star is as old as uh, they as they think that it is, then it means that it uh, was here before the Big Bang. So, um, which would mean the Big Bang may not be what we thought it was. There's all kinds of uh, interesting theories going around right now. But basically, this this star um, is around. It's like 14.5 billion years old. Uh, the universe itself is uh, kind of clocking in at around 13.8 billion years. So that's that's a that's not statistically a huge difference, but I mean it is a billion years difference. <laughs> it's so, a uh, lot of years. That's yeah. I can't count that high actually. Yeah, I ran out of fingers. <laughs> um, so yeah, I even used the trick where I made my fists into the tens. Uh, no, that it, still it not didn't enough. work. Even so, yeah. feet. Yeah. So. That does cause some some problems. The named, of course, the Methuselah star, which uh, it's named after uh, a biblical character named Methuselah, who was known to be the oldest living human, um, according to according to the Bible. I think that's a Bible story. Did I just? Mess it sounds that up? familiar. Um, I know Methuselah. I, you know, you'd I, think I'd the, know the, more about. He was that. one of them early early books guys who lived. I think it was like nine hundred something years old, like Noah. Yeah. Kind of thing. yeah, I don't I don't remember what he was doing. That's but what yeah, it um, is. I don't know why I'm questioning it. I mean, I do know, I know that. <laughs> yeah, it's biblical. <laughs> but, I'm just uh, I guess they, they so they named him because uh this dude Methuselah was like nine hundred something years old. So yeah, like he was, super, like, super he was old. Compared. He was older, he was the oldest uh he lived to be the oldest of anyone in the Bible, is the, is yeah, the yes, general gotcha. he was the longest lived. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 
Yep. So they, yeah. So they named this the Methuselah star because I get, that's cute. That. That's cute. It's like how can a star be older than the universe? Just like how can Methuselah be older than people are allowed to be old? Yeah. Right. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> so there's a lot of it's there's a lot of interesting things coming out of this, and you know the way that they date this stuff is through like, uh, you know. Uh, basically like radio waves, you know, the pulses and things that are coming off of it and the uh, its distance and, you know, the way it moves and things like that. There's all kinds of little factors that go into aging a star or determining the age of a star. Uh, so, yeah. yeah it's it's like cool. um, from, from their age, basically the, the brighter the intrinsic luminosity, the younger the star is. Yeah. Um, so the Methuselah star is still burning or at least was still burning when we're just seeing the light waves reach us now course right and we, we know how that works um so it could be dead but we won't know for like another billion years or something but um i guess it's so dim it must be that it's so dim that they're like wow it's really really old well um, it's the speed it's its speed that that gives okay. them their uh, the date so it, because it's a fast move, moving star uh, that tells them something about it it says it moves at around uh, eight hundred thousand miles per hour it okay, covers the width quick. of the full moon in the sky every 1,500 years or so. So huh. uh, so basically, if you were looking up at the sky and you see the moon, if the Methuselah star were on the, I guess let's just call it the moon's right-hand edge, then 1,500 years from now, it would be on its left-hand edge. Which is apparently and quite fast. Apparently, that's pretty fast. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting down here on Earth, and if I look at the moon, I can trace my finger around it a lot quick, quicker than thousand years. Yeah. So it must be that there's some kind of time parallax happening, or some space. Well, it's just that it, the distance, know, you know. Yeah, right, exactly. Right, right. So you know, we we see <laughs> we see certain uh, there's a clock-like movement to our galaxy into the universe uh, itself the, in the right. relating galaxy stars, you know, the galaxy itself is spinning. So it's, it's really interesting when you start thinking about the dynamics of what all this means. Cause we, we have models of like the atomic world that aren't entirely accurate. We're, we're starting to discover, but the idea of a nucleus and then you've got electrons and protons and, you know, the electrons are in an orbit around the nucleus and, you know, you've got, that concept right? right well if you just keep pulling back and pulling back and pulling back you see that concept repeat in this almost fractal pattern mm -hmm. out into infinity um and each of so our solar system is you know centered around the uh, our sun and moves in that something like that pattern but then when right. you start spreading out further the solar system itself is moving in a similar pattern and then this the the galaxy is moving in a similar pattern. And so uh, all that to say, like that star is moving very, very fast somewhere out in the uh, universe. But because of the movement, our relation to it and our movements and the, the way everything is kind of aligned, uh, yeah. it's not going to look very fast to, to us per se. Right, right. So well, of course not. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's. I just I'm, I can't even wrap my mind. Around. I mean, there's a graphic here that actually does a good job, I think. Of showing the Big Bang expansion, yeah. Um, I'm on space.com, and uh, I'll link to this one too. But um, you know, it's cool. I've never seen it kind of shown like this. There's this initial they call the quantum fluctuations, and then the inflation, which is you know the Big Bang explosion, if you will, and then mm -hmm. um, the afterglow light pattern that lasted a a blink of an eye, four hundred thousand years. 
Yeah. And then the, the Dark Ages, um, which is just this big empty gap. And then all of a sudden the first stars about 400 million years ago, I think, either ago or that's how long they lasted. I'm not sure. But yeah, it, it, I'm, I just can't even wrap, wrap my mind around it. Space yeah. is big and space is fast and space yeah. is... <laughs> you know, that's pretty much it, it. I'm just like, okay, cool. So space is still big. Got it. That that sort of thing is <laughs> is like tantalizingly baffling to me. Uh, yeah. the, every bit of it. When I start thinking about it, because you know we are we're. If you really stop and think about it, even the largest thing that you can imagine that you've ever experienced on Earth, the largest structure you've ever come across, if you've ever stood in the you know edge of the Grand Canyon, no matter how vast something is on Earth. It is a less than a pinpoint yeah. to the rest of the galaxy, much less the universe. You know, yeah, even the solar system. Yeah, stand. So you know, all this footage is coming in now from uh, from Mars because we have our robots, and you know, we have we created the the first planet known to be populated entirely by robots. Um, That's true. That is, and yeah, it's true. when they turn cameras back toward the direction of earth you know at night you can see the earth but it is this tiny little you know pin prick of light this bluish yeah. light and uh you think when you think about that that's what just sends the hairs on the back of my neck standing up because you think about it you're like literally everything we know is mm-hmm. is contained in that little tiny pin prick of light Except the robots on Mars. Except for the Mars. robots that we use to pop, you know, to conquer Mars. Yeah, yeah. We, we no, sent our robot crazy, invaders man. to another planet. Um, yeah, it is. Emily and I just watched a show. Um, we finished the the season um, on Apple TV called "For All Mankind." Have you heard of this one? I've heard of this. I haven't watched. It's it cool, man. Now. It's a it's a retelling of history. If uh, the Americans didn't win the space race, or okay. put the first man on the moon, I should say. Um, and so Russia gets there first. Um, so then it's like, well, now that now we're going to send the first woman to the moon and then it's now we're going to send the first black woman to the moon. And so there's this like the constant one upping, you know, yeah. of um, of what we can do. And, you know, but then it starts to diverge a little bit because it creates another t- alternate timeline and it, it advances forward to pseudo present times, semi present times you know, 90s. That kind of that's kind of where I think we left off. Um, but it, it's good. There's some really cool stuff there, but it just it's well done. And so you get to see some of this stuff um, play out with, with really good um, computer uh, computer graphics, you know. It's like Interstellar. That's one of my all-time favorite movies now. And yeah. um, Christopher Nolan, you know, he hired a physicist for this stuff to just make it as accurate as possible um, in the frame of being fiction. But everything that happens in there, the way the, the time dilation occurs and, and things like that, it's just so mind-boggling. And the fact that it's probably pretty accurate is just even more crazy to me you know yeah it goes inside the quantum um four-dimensional um tesseract at the end like it's just it's i can't even <laughs> yeah. this stuff what's funny uh, is cool, how though. uh that movie seems seems to have brought the term tesseract in, into more common language and then the avengers uh really um solidified it and uh they had i actually Transformers before that right did they? I, think I don't. The Transformers well, use a tesseract in like two or three I'm, or whatever. I'm gonna be right? honest with you. Even <laughs> even while watching the Transformers movies, I they were I forgot them 
and I for, I literally forgot them while watching them. That's yeah, I'm with you. I think I finally are. turned off the dinosaur one. I was like, I, yeah. I just can't with this anymore. I'm but sorry, they, Michael Bay. I love you, but I do not love Michael stop. Bay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I take I take uh, pot shots at Michael Bay in almost every book I write. I, you know, I used to love Michael Bay. I mean, Armageddon was such a cool movie, and then he put space dementia at the end of it, and I was like, I don't, I don't know what you're doing here. I don't know. He yeah. gave uh, he gave. Uh, what's his name? Um, space dementia. <laughs> Remember yeah, he says yeah, that Steve Buscemi. <laughs> Steve Buscemi. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, the first time I ever heard, encountered the the term tesseract was in um, uh, uh, Swiftly Tilting Planet, the the those books. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, okay. No, I haven't. I haven't read those. Uh, who is it? Uh, is it Madeline Lingle? Madeline Lingle? Is oh, that, is the that wrinkle, wrinkle in Time. Wrinkle in Time. Yeah. Yeah, Madeline Lingle. Yeah. Yeah. In in in, uh, in those books, uh, she brings up the tesseracts, uh, a tesseract. And oh, it's, interesting. Uh, and I still remember sort of sort of remember the way it was described. It's like a folding of space and time that created this, you know. Mm-hmm. this thing that they could use to move around in time um it's and how that's essentially they... what um the interstellar chris yeah. uh, kip thorne i think is the physicist's name i bought the book there's he wrote a book that uses um a lot of the imagery that they created in interstellar um to explain the physics that he used when working with christopher and i think his brother jonathan helped him write it um when they wrote the the movie and they use yeah. the same thing they, they even and they, it's a cool visual it's like um you know, brains or something. They're kind of layered around and on top of each other and stuff. And so they're like, well, this is sort of linear time, but it's all wound up and twisted and stuff. And so if you pierce through here using a black hole or whatever, you can you can change that. You can go to another place in in time. Yeah. And uh, I just thought it was cool. It was really, really interesting and really, uh, again, mind-boggling, and I don't understand any of it anymore. But um, even at the time, I was like, oh, this is really cool. I don't get it. <laughs> Which you say that's how it is with most things. I, I got well, and now there. these days I don't. I, you know, if I any science fiction, I haven't written pure science fiction in a while. But um, you know, if I'm if I don't bring, I won't bring up a test wreck now because there's too many. There are too many like armchair physicists now um, <laughs> who know all about it. Uh, so, and right. I was I I will have to admit I'm probably one of them just because. Now, I could not explain the math of this thing or even probably give you – I'd have to brush up in order to give you a really good description uh, or a metaphor for the thing. But, yeah, very cool. Yeah, I mean I, – I, Neither here nor I, there. That's the challenge the of, uh, of hard sci-fi. <laughs> that's the challenge of the hard sci-fi thing, right? It's like, well, okay, hard sci-fi, you have to be accurate. You know, they want their, their math. They want their engineering to be – to check out. They want their time to be, you know, perfect and – and there's just so much we don't know, and that's why it's fiction. That's we can make that stuff up. We can fill in the blanks, I should say. Yeah. You know, and so hard sci-fi though is hard. It's because challenging because for me, I don't know that stuff intuitively, and I don't feel like researching every sentence I write. You know. That's because you are not drinking enough civet coffee. That's probably if you, true. If you had more poop coffee, some poop kombucha, would, uh, fermented coffee, then and I'm sure if I would. you set your watch by the Methuselah star. Um, I, time would go very quickly, apparently, <laughs> if I did that. Isn't <laughs> it, it relative? Slow. Okay, but it's relative. If it's relative so if, if it's going really fast, then time would seem to go very slow if yeah. you're the Methuselah if star. The, if the Methuselah star is your minute hand or even mm-hmm. your second hand, then it's uh, it, it's 1,500 years to cover the distance of the moon. So 
which would be what half of 30 days. He held know. a <laughs> clock up and let the second hand tick from one side of the moon to the other. I wonder how many ticks that would be. So you're listening to stuff that's math <laughs> and also is hard. <laughs> that's the stuff that keeps us up at night, though. That's what we we talk. Maybe that keeps you up at night. I'm like Methus. I'm like I'm on my fourth cup of civet coffee, and uh, <laughs> I am thinking about the Methuselah star and tesseracts. That's you where know, I am. The problem is I don't drink coffee at night. I I drink something a little harder, and. Uh, and I, my brain starts to go to mush, and I start thinking, can I make my own civet coffee? I, bet I believe I you could. I, I bet I could make my own. Listen, don't <laughs> undervalue the, uh, you know, shoving a, like your neighbor full of coffee beans. And put, just like corn. <laughs> just like, wow, yeah, okay, just like corn. You know, that's where we're making our mistake, man. We need to be marketing a, a very unique and special popcorn. We are leaving money on the table is what we're calling corny luwak. Nobody out there do this. Do not go out and harvest poop corn. Well, if you do, just give us royalties, man. Give us a give us a slice of that. We'll uh, we'll endorse it. We'll make you an official sponsor. It's called poop corn. Of course. What is it? Poop corn. (laughs) It's not called what? what? Corny luwak. It's called poop corn. (laughs) It, it markets itself. <laughs> it also I mean, jiffy poop. <laughs> jiffy poop. Okay, well, okay. Went, well, that's that's went downhill fast. <laughs> that got punny right. real quick, didn't it? Sorry to keep punishing you all, listeners, dear listeners. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna look at the stats. Just fall off a cliff here next week um, after this one. I think but, this uh, could be yeah. our best show ever. I think this could be the one. This could be the sends one. us to the moon, to the <laughs> Methuselah star. This is the viral <laughs> meme version of the show that uh, that everybody Jeez. discovers. Poop corn. There's an episode corn. corn for you. Yeah. We All can. right. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's probably probably a good time to wrap it up, wouldn't you say? Yep. I think uh, I think we've covered every every angle of those every, two stories. <laughs> I think we've clearly uh, figured Off out this Methuselah bottom. star business. Uh, if anyone, any physicist out there has yeah, any questions, kind of by all means, Nor- feel free to. <laughs> Normally when you, so you'll bring a topic that goes, that we can go on about for a very long time. And I think we got bummed out over, over the consequences. Of well, yeah, that that's because you were like, well, it turns out I, I went and, and Googled more and saw some images and now I'm what sad. What am I supposed I like, to do? Well, this is what I do. This I is told what you I'm not to do that. To do. I told you not to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to give our listeners the impression that we are endorsing this, this, uh, this coffee don't go yes, buy this that's coffee. why i was trying to disclaim that up front it's stuff that's real uh you may not have known that was real but it's also cool in the sense that it's it's an interesting um thing the kind that people of fact, do but yeah yeah it's not uh it's not cool that they're doing this I, to these animals but. you could so in, in terms of being a thriller writer i could see that rem, it reminds me a little bit of the whole blood avocado thing which we can talk about on another episode but um the consequences of something being popular especially in the food industry which mm-hmm. has a limit the the, the the challenges are that thing is starts off rare it has a shelf life it can't last forever right and then mm-hmm. production when people figure out a way to produce it at a higher level you know but they're still asking the same price for it you know right. numbers like that start to 
start to get to people's heads and they start manipulating things and that's yep. when stuff yeah. gets scary you know so. yeah no i could definitely see some some good thriller um some thriller bad guys coming out of this um for sure at, at tack on that somebody out there thinks it's uh it's got that like, kopi luwak has some healing properties and and it's over right because then oh yeah then it'll turn it into a drug and so, it'll just all yeah. anybody's gonna do is say they gave it to 10 covid patients and all of them got up and danced and walked out of the hospital that's all that's they, true you know, that's right whether whether or not they could prove it or not uh there'd be they'd be squeezing poop out of these little guys um faster than they can make it so poop poop corn poop corn i i'm a little <laughs> i'm still a little heartbroken over <laughs> over the civets so all right well then you heard it from kevin first to, folks we have to move go on. google this stuff uh is real the methuselah star is real uh it's, and that's it's also cool it's also cool, and that is probably a good point to say see you next week. All right. I'm your host with Kevin Tomlinson, our other host, and uh, I guess that means we're co-hosts. Um, that's too many syllables, so we're just the hosts, and I hope you think we're the hostess with the mostest, um, the mostest cool facts and, and knowledge bringing them to you out of the goodness of or our own Perhaps hearts. in not the most articulated way, but sure. <laughs> I think it was pretty good articulated. Uh, out of, out of, out of our own, our just, our genuine uh, love for you all. We just feel like we need to share this stuff with you every week. So thanks for yeah. tuning in once again. Thanks for being here with us. And uh, do let us know if there's something that you think is cool, uh, like poop corn, um, you can drop us a line at stuff. That's real.com. Um, we are um, 24-7 pouring over your questions and comments that come in, just waiting patiently and anxiously as as comments roll in. Um, that's a little bit of sarcasm there for you, just to, to close out the show. But uh, we do have a, do have a way to contact us. So reach out, let us know, and yeah. we would be happy to cover the thing that you think is cool. And tune in next week when we talk about urine tea. Mm. <laughs> I might not have to be here next week. We will see you later, folks. Adios. Stuff that's real. Looking for a great new thriller? Check out Conundrum Publishing. We publish books that make you think. From mind-bending thrillers to heart-wrenching dramatic action-adventure novels, our books will keep you up all night, turning the pages, eager to find out what happens next. So, what are you waiting for? Head over to conundrumpub.com str for three totally free thrillers. You won't be disappointed. Again, three full-length action thrillers totally free at conundrumpub.com str.